Hello, everybody. Am I on? I am now. As everyone in this room was here this morning, right? Not Gabor? So we'll say the announcements just for Gabor. Oh, you were outside of the service too? Okay. I said, Renata wasn't here either, but... <laughs> You weren't here either, Gino? Oh, man. How could I miss that smile? Oh, Michael wasn't here either, so. Okay. I'm singling out everyone who wasn't here this morning, Michael. It was, I was thinking about not doing announcements. I realize... If you're interested in the missions trip to Peru, we, um, we had that meeting today, and if you weren't able to meet it, please let me know, me, uh, Greg, or, Greg or me. Is it Greg or me or Greg or I? Greg or me. Greg or me. Uh, the Boston Rescue Mission this Friday, and there will not be a home fellowship, and uh, one of the things... Uh, I want to announce about that in the future, Dave and, and, and Greg, is just to make sure that people understand that th- 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 those two ministries really are not related to each other. So there should be no obligation that you feel by going to the Home Fellowship that you think you, ha- you need to go to Boston Rescue Mission. They're just two completely different things. Of course, if you would like to, that's fine. It's just um, uh, it's essentially just something that we do every uh, every fourth week. We we take that off, and so um, the home fellowship will continue the next week. It's just important to understand that that, that you know it's not sort of a requirement of going to the uh, home fellowship that you need to go to Boston Rescue Mission. But they are meeting uh, this uh, uh, this Friday at five forty-five uh, at Greg's house uh, to go out. And uh, I think that I think that is it that we need to announce. There's going to be an annual ski trip to Pat's Peak on Saturday, March 17th. All right. So, okay. Uh, well, please uh, turn off your cell phones and beepers if they are on. So remember, if you have tithes and offerings, we don't pass a plate. There's a Offering box in the back. We are in Second Samuel twenty-three. Second Samuel twenty-three. Anyone need a Bible? Please raise your hand. Anyone need a Bible? Mike, you need to be a little bit more assertive than that, man. You need to like wave the things. Otherwise, you may not notice. Okay. You can throw one at me. Okay. I am excited about the message, uh, the text and the message tonight. It's about David's mighty men. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, and uh, we want to be mighty in your kingdom, and we want to, uh, we want to just be fruitful, Lord. We want to be productive. We don't want to get to our deathbed and look back at our life, Lord, and say, why didn't I serve the Lord? We, we want to 
be people, uh, men and women, who uh, serve you, Lord. And I just pray in the name of Jesus that you will just use the message this evening to, uh, to really speak uh, to us, Lord. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to start actually in verse 8 of chapter 23. We can pick up verse 1 next week. But uh, I'm going to start uh, in verse 8. This is uh, from verse 8 to the rest of the chapter is an account of the people who surrounded King David uh, in his in you could say his ministry, but so it wasn't really a ministry, but he... he uh, it was uh, sort of in his, his, his government and, and the things that he did for God and on behalf of God. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Josheb, Beshepheth, the Tachmanite, chief among the captains. He was called Adino the Esnite because he had killed 800 men at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ah. Ahite, one of the three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle, and the men of Israel had retreated. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to uh, until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought him a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to plunder. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herahite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where, where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines, but he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Then three of the thirty uh, chief men went down at harvest time and came to David uh, at the cave of Adullam, and the troop of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephim. David was uh, then in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David said with longing, Oh, that someone would give me a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So, so three... Uh, Mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord. And he said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is this not the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. These things were done by the three mighty men. And so... The thing that um, I just really want to focus on uh, in, in, to this evening, it's really uh, following up on the message this morning uh, where I talked this morning uh, about uh, one of the words that Paul uses uh, to describe himself, uh, a servant of Christ, Greek word huperetes. And what, what did we say that was? That was a, a rower, an under oarsman. And, and we talked about that, about how a rower, uh, 2,000 years ago, you think of those guys down in the lower deck of a galley, you know, going, going like this and just sweating, and these big Hulk hunk guys, and, 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 you know, the boat's going forward. You don't even see the guys, but uh, they're really what's causing um, the boat to go uh, forward. And, and uh, you know... Uh, 
there, so often when we think of the kingdom of Israel and, and we think of it being established, we think of just one guy, David. I mean, he was the spiritual sort of dynamo that resulted in the kingdom being established. But there were so many others around him. And, and God always uses, um, when he uses a man, he never d- uses uh, that person alone. He always has a man and woman that he gathers around them uh, to do his work. Uh, and and uh, that is what we're going to read about today. And uh, I'm so thankful that uh, 2 Samuel doesn't finish without uh, also mentioning these people. You know, we think of David, and we think of why the the Israelite kingdom was established, and we think of David and Goliath, David and Goliath. When we think of people fighting giants, we think of David and Goliath, but here is the rest of the story, and so um, it's it's about David uh, discipling people and uh, just letting them loose for the Lord. And I do think of the beginning of Calvary Chapel, the very beginnings of it, the Jesus movement, at a time where uh, the church was really suffering big time from just you know, this whole thing that, you know, some people think it's only really happened in the last hundred years where, you know, preacher superstar types or pastor superstar types where um, the pastor really takes on uh, the work of the whole church and and, and he becomes a, a professional. And so the people in the church, they bought into it. Why? Because all they have to do is show up. And the pastors and preachers bought into it because, wow, it was just a consolidation of power in their own hands. But what it really meant was just tremendous weakness in anemic churches. That's what really what were being created. And I think of Calvary Chapel, and, I'm, and it's by nowhere near the only church out there, but I just think about what happened in the early 70s where... Uh, the, the the guy who, if he wanted to, Chuck Smith, if he wanted to, uh, he could have done the same thing and uh, been sort of the superstar guy. But instead, what did he do? He just empowered uh, mighty men and women around him. And all they had was their Bibles, their long hair, and the Holy Spirit. And they went out and they started establishing churches um, all around the country. <laughs> And, 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 and it's just such a wonderful picture about how ministry is supposed to be. It's not about one man. It's not about one woman. It's about everyone out there uh, doing the work of God, um, from the least to the greatest, uh, doing the, the, the work of God. And so uh, David and his mighty men, I just think it is just uh, a really relevant chapter for us, and, and this is how it works best. It's equipping the saints and letting them go. And so David had equipped these mighty men, and now we're going to read about uh, some of their uh, experts. So these are the Hooperates, the guys uh, doing the job. Uh, so there's three mighty men, uh, and uh, th- three of them were sort of mightiest among the mighty. I think they mentioned something like 37 throughout this chapter. Something, something like that. And uh, so the first guy is this guy named uh, Joshib. And uh, he was chief among the uh, captains. And uh, it says that he killed 800 men at one time. 
He's like a one-man wrecking ball. I mean, this is amazing. Um, and, and, you know, this isn't a fairy tale. This is the, the real stuff. That's why it made it in here, because this was incredible. Um, it, it was a miracle, and it was one day's battle. And can you imagine just the endurance it takes uh, to do this? Um, so he was, um, there's many different kind of people that uh, the Lord surrounds uh, uh, a guy like David with. And they, they all can't be the same kind of person. They need to be people with many different giftings. And so uh, this was the kind of guy, uh, man, you could give him the big assignment and, and you didn't have to worry, he was going to go get it done. And, and so I so much appreciate uh, this type of man or woman in the church. You get something big to do, a big assignment. And you can just trust them uh, to go, uh, go and be sort of a one-man or one-woman wrecking ball and, and go out and, and do it. And they don't pass the buck. They don't give excuses. The bigger assignment, the better. And they just go for it. And so that was Josheb. And then Eleazar, the son of Dodo. Man, if you run into someone who's the son of Dodo, watch out, man. It's going to be a really tough guy, you know. And, and, and so here, Israel... Uh, Israel, uh, it says that Israel had retreated. Israel had retreated, it says in verse 9. Uh, David didn't. David was there, but the, the rest of the army had retreated. And so this guy, Eleazar, arose and attacked the Philistine until his hand was weary and his hand uh, stuck to the sword. Ever done that? Been using a pick or something like that? And after a while, you know, your hand is stuck to it or a hockey stick or something like that. Uh, has that happened to anyone else? Here, okay, there you go. I'm going to write a few people and uh, a few Eleazar's here. And so anyway, um, uh, uh, I, I love that description because it's just such a great picture of perseverance. I mean, this guy was not going to let go of his sword until the Lord's work was done. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, this reminds me, uh, this guy, Eleazar, everyone else had retreated. Uh, it, it reminds me of Jonathan. And uh, I, I, I just, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, I've I, I put it over the window uh, in, up there in my office in my house, First uh, uh, Samuel, uh, chapter fourteen, where where Jonathan, you know, he's looking out um, at these Philistines. There's ten thousand chariots, and uh, there's like twenty thousand other fighting men with them, and all Israel has are plowshares, and uh, there's really no one. They're all hiding. The Israelites are hiding, and Jonathan, he just turns to his. Um, uh, his ar- armor bearer, and he says, you know, come, uh, let us go over the garrison of the uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. And the reason I love that is because um, there, there's this picture there, and he's like, these people are uncircumcised. They're the enemies of God. How can we possibly go wrong by just going after them, even though it's just two of us. They're the enemies of God. 
And so he knew that if he's in God's will, doing the work of God, that God was going to give victory. And, and, and so I, I get the same picture here. It's just this guy, um, everyone else had, had retreated, uh, most everyone else, because he's uh, fighting by David's side here. Uh, and he fought so long, his hand stuck to his sword. Uh, so this is the guy who will hang in there with you when things get tough. Uh, he is going to battle to the end with you. You know something? When there's victory after victory after victory, you know, there's so many people who are willing to come in and sign up. Sure, I'll, I'll go with you. You know, but you start losing a few battles and people start retreating. The persecution comes. And uh, at that time, you know, there's not too many oftentimes uh, people who are, are willing to stick in the Bible uh, in the battle with you. And um, I just so appreciate, you know, people who are willing to hang in, hang in there when times get tough. And and so this is what this guy Eleazar is. <laughs> I mean, he, he's just willing to stick in there. Um, and, and, and he learns, this guy Eleazar learns one of the most important principles about ministry uh, that you can ever learn, yet it's a principle that many in ministry refuse to ever accept. Uh, this is the Jesus way of ministry. He learned that if you serve in the Jesus way of ministry, uh, you will allow people that you serve to plunder you even after they have retreated and let you down in a big, big way. And this is what ministry is all about. It's about others prospering at your expense, even though they may not appreciate it, even though they may have retreated from you, even though uh, they, you know, it's interesting how it puts there. It says there at the end of verse 10, and the people returned after him only to plunder. (laughs) You know, that's all they did. In other words, all at his expense, I mean, he put his life in danger, uh, uh, but but um, but because as a result of his faithfulness and his dependability, uh, Israel was saved and 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 is even able to have sort of an abundant harvest there because this one guy, and 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 so oftentimes we're in ministry and and people may retreat and people may may not appreciate what we do for them they may uh, snap back at us or whatever and. And, you know, we self-pity and stuff like that. Well, that's not the Jesus way. The Jesus way is to allow people to plunder you uh, even when, uh, even after they've retreated, even after they have let you down. So amazing principle, uh, but that is true uh, of ministry here. And, and, you know, Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of resurrection, but also in his sufferings. And that's what, you really get to know Jesus in a really, really special way when you, when you get into ministry and you start uh, experiencing things like that. And so then there's this guy, Shama. It says, and after him there was Shama, the son of Agi, the, the Herahite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought him a great victory. So, again, we're talking about the different kinds of people here that God brings up uh, around a a man or 
a woman of God who's uh, in leadership and doing the ministry. And uh, once again, here, uh, every, everyone else had either died or they had uh, bailed. And he is here uh, looking, uh, this guy Shama is looking at this little plot of land somewhere in a field, a, a field of lentils, and he's basically there alone. And who cares uh, about a little field of lentils? Well, this guy did. He knew this was God's field. This was God's land. So he was going to get sit there and he was going to defend it. And so this is the type of person who um, he's out there and he's got an audience of one, and that's God. And it's so important to have people like that uh, in, in ministry. You know, I think um, of Pastor Scott uh, for... Many years down in Rockland, he was the guy who did the radio, uh, and uh, not the guy, well, actually, he did introduce Randy on the radio, but really, the radio meant 12 hours a week, every week, for like six or seven years. He just sat in his home, single at the time, uh, he sat in his home, and he just taped these things, uh, and he you know, spliced them and, and edited stuff out. Uh, he had an audience of one. I, no one knew what was going on. Uh, I don't think Randy even knew what was going on. Uh, but uh, uh, but that's, that's the type of, of guy uh, every man needs uh, uh, with him when he's out doing the Lord's work. Someone who uh, is okay uh, having an audience of one. And, and you know, not that... Scott is the super wicked spiritual guy. I mean, you know, we all struggle uh, sometimes with, you know, well, you know, I'm doing this all by myself, and I'm sure, you know, he struggled with that. But the, the key is perseverance. That's the key. You know, I'm sure this guy, Shama, was in this field going, oh, great. Uh, these, great pe- these people left me all on my own. What kind of people are, are, are they? But the thing is, he persevered, you know, he persevered. And so it, it, it's uh, actions that uh, are a reflection of, of our faith uh, towards God. And so I'm not looking for recognition or glory. This guy's he's a true under oarsman. He's fighting the battle no one else ever wants to help with. Um, there's a lot of ministries in and around the church uh, just like that. And so verses um, 13 uh, through... Uh, 17, this one, uh, to our modern, politically correct kind of sensitive hearts is, uh, oh, this is a better story because no one gets killed. Uh, it, it's, it's about the, the, actually, these three guys, Eleazar, uh, Joseph, and Shama, and uh, this is uh, a, a, an example of tremendous valor where uh, they're out in some desolate place uh, that's hot, and David's hot, and, and he's uh, uh, trying to get away from Saul, and uh, Saul's hunting him every single day, the Bible says, at this time, and he's, he goes to one place, he's ratted out, he goes to the next, and he, you know, these guys are out, there's very little food, and they're probably sitting around, you know, you ever sit around somewhere, you're hungry, or you're thirsty, and oh man, I would just like a big old fat lasagna right now. I would just love that, or whatever. And David's out there going, you know, I would just like a cool glass of water. Oh, what I would do for that. And so these three men, uh, 
pick up this, uh, hear him, and without saying anything, uh, they go and they travel 12 miles. They go right through enemy ter territory. The Philistines controlled Bethlehem at that time. And uh, they go get it, and they come back at great risk of their life. And David says, Look, I can't drink this. I mean, this represents, uh, th these guys risk their lives for it instead. So he pours out the water <laughs> to the Lord. And, and, you know, when you first see that, you may say, well, that, that's really crazy. I mean, what, what's the point of that? Uh, well, when, when you uh, pour out something to the Lord like that, uh, the, what you get in return is something much, much richer. It's the, 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 the Lord will pour out the living water, uh, the, the living water. Uh, on your life and, and on what you're, you're doing. And, and so you want to see fruit in your lives, a productive ministry. Uh, this is the thing to do. Just pour out your life uh, as a drink offering uh, to the Lord and uh, risking your life to, to bring blessing to the lives of others. And, and, and um, they will see it uh, way more than just a deed. That, but they'll see it as a supernatural uh, deed. And so these are the people... Um, who represent people who uh, uh, are willing to serve in an area outside their comfort zone. See, the David and his men here were somewhere in a, a place that they felt relatively secure. And, you know, a lot of people, it's very easy for them to serve in some ministry where they're comfortable in. Uh, and they're, they're sort of totally in the groove, you know, they're comfortable in that ministry. But man, you put them outside of it, it's like, oh, whoa, 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 what's the, wait a second here. And, you know, they recoil. Uh, I never asked for this. This isn't my ministry. This isn't my thing. Uh, and, and, and so these people, uh, they, they're not like that. They, they're willing to go through the enemy lines 12 miles and, and get this and, and come, uh, come back. Uh, this tremendous blessing and, uh, in their life. And, 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 you know, when I think of uh, when I think of this kind of deed uh, here, I think, um, uh, Guillermo, I hate to do this to you, and I should have asked you permission to uh, share this, but uh, can I share this, Guillermo? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't know what I'm going to share, but, you know, when, when um, Guillermo and, and some of the guys uh, were going over to Ch uh, Children's Hospital and visiting, um, what's his name? I forget. Jay. Jay. They were visiting Jay. So Jay, when we first went over there, uh, he was completely paralyzed. He couldn't talk. And, uh, and so Guillermo and Aaron were going over there and playing music for him. And, and uh, this kid, like, couldn't believe this. It's like, I don't even know these people. It was such a blessing. But it, it was going on and on. And, and finally he went down to, um, he went back to Maryland or Virginia. And, uh, and a couple months ago, Aaron and Guillermo just flew down to see this guy. Uh, and, and, you know, that's like breaking through enemy territory, if you ask me. Uh, again, I hate to do this to you. Pray for Guillermo that this won't get to his head. But, uh, uh, that, that, uh, but going down into, into enemy territory and, and just going to, uh, to that well and bringing it back, there's just going to be such tremendous fruit just from doing that. There, there really will be. Uh, and, and, and so these are the kind of mighty men. Uh, the uh, the Huperetes that that God uh, used uh, around David's uh, life, uh, and so 
you overhear a need someone has or you overhear a desire someone has and then you just meet it. I really feel like what was done uh, down in Louisiana, Mississippi, not really as much by our church, but the whole body of Christ uh, was the same thing. Just to, uh, just hundreds and hundreds of ch- churches down there, even a whole year later after the uh, hurricane, <laughs> so, much, so many that you couldn't even go down uh, they have these tent camps, and it's like we tried to get into one, and we couldn't. It was like nine months later or something like that, Greg? I can't even remember. But, but uh, there was just so many people going down there, so many Christians. There, there's just Christians everywhere, you know, just wanting to serve. Uh, and so uh, the, these are the, the under, under oarsmen. And so uh, verse 18, uh, Abishai. Now Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Z- Zariah, was chief of another three. He lifted his spear against 300 men, killed them, and won a name among these three. Was he not the most honored of the three? Therefore, he became their captain. However, he did not attain to the first three. Benaiah uh, was the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man from Kabzeel, who had done many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. And he killed an Egyptian, a spectacular man. The Egyptian had a spear in his hand, so he went down to him with a staff, wrested the spear out of the Egyptian's hand, and killed him with his own spear. These things Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, did, and won a name among uh, three mighty men. And so... um, here, Abishai, verse 18, some of you remember Abishai. Uh, he had, remember David at the end of his life, he's like 60 years old, and he's d- done a foolish thing. He's gone out into battle and says he became faint, and uh, some giant had cornered him. Well, Abishai comes out of nowhere and, and kills the guy. Uh, this is him. He had also, uh, but, but the thing is uh, about this guy, Abishai, he, he, was, he was a guy with some pretty serious flaws in his character. This guy. Uh, remember, he's the guy who killed Abner, who was the general Saul's army, and it was all done in like cold blood. It was a very, very uncourageous uh, uh, thing that he and Joab did. He, he also, remember when Shimei was cursing David, and, and God wanted to have mercy on this guy, Shimei, and, and, uh, and David didn't want to kill him, but uh, Abishai's sitting there, come on, what are you... Why are you letting this dead dog live? Let me cut his head off. Uh, and, and, and so he, this is what he was like. Uh, this is what Abishai was like. So, so a lot of times warriors have flaws. They do. And a lot of times it ne- you need grace in order to go side-by-side warriors. Uh, they, ha- they, they have flaws. Uh, but here's the deal. When the chips are down and the giant has you in the corner, who is it that you want by your side? You want one of these guys, flaws and all. That's, what you, that's who you want. Uh, and then Benaiah. Uh, Benaiah uh, is the guy who, he, he does the dirty work. He's not afraid of the really, really ugly situations. Uh, it says he killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. Uh, and, and, and then it says he also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. And so, um, you know, what, what's probably going on there is he went down in a, uh, you know, in a cistern, one of those caves. I don't know if you've ever been uh, down, actually down in Florida, in north central Florida. They used to have these things where there's a little hole, and inside the hole there's a cistern of water. 
Uh, I remember we used to go jump in these things. You really jump like 20 or 30 feet down, and and then there's caves that go way down under the earth. But that that's um, uh, that's. Uh, what is what was going on here? They were out and and they didn't have any water and it's snowing and it's cold and and they come upon this this cistern of water and, and they're like, okay, all right, we finally have water. Oh wait a second, there's a lion down there. Uh, uh, you know who who's gonna uh, who's gonna take care of this one? Uh, well, Benaiah, Benaiah is the guy. Uh, you know, and, and he was the guy that you turned to in, in those situations where no one else was willing. You know, it's like that. Now, is any, any of you old enough for the life? I, I know you are, Benjamin, for the life cereal commercial, Mikey. Remember that guy, Mikey? You guys remember Mikey? Believe it or not, I went to school. I went to high school with Mikey's cousin. It's my claim to fame. Uh, but anyway. Uh, it's using my Spanish class, but uh, uh, anyway, Mikey, you know, no one else wants to try this cereal, so it's like, well, let Mikey try it, and Mikey's like, you know, and, and you know, and, and so Mikey had all the dirty work. Have you ever heard of Mikey? Or you've heard of Mikey? Anyone not heard of Mikey? Hungary? Did they have Mikey in Hungary? They didn't have Mikey in Hungary, and, and Misty hasn't heard of Mikey, and, and they didn't have Mikey in Botswana either. Uh, so um, anyway, Mikey, uh, uh, you know, uh, didn't make it to Botswana or Hungary, but Mikey, well, you know, that guy had freckles, and he was real cute, and he just sat there eating his uh, cereal. But anyway. Uh, that was what Beniah was like. It's like this, this, you know, no one else is going to do this dirty work. And, and this so is needed. And I can't tell you as a pastor, you know, certain things come up and, and, and there's like an ugly situation. And I just need a faithful brother, sister to do some dirty work. And, 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 it, and it's so great to be able to just call on, a, on one of the Beniahs. And, and we have them in this church. And, you know, uh, you know and, and not, you know, the situation, well, are you kidding me? I'm not going to go after that cold, wet, angry lion, you know? Uh, I don't blame you, you know? But, uh, but uh, Benaiah here, uh, uh, you know, goes down and, and he takes out this, um, uh, takes out this lion. Uh, and so he was, uh, and, and, and then it says that he, he killed uh, an Egyptian who was a spectacular man. Okay, who has the King James? Who's a spiritual person with the King James? I know there's one in the back. What does it say? Spectacular? What does yours say? What kind of spiritual guy are you? Uh, you know, who has the NIV? What does the NIV say? Anyone have the NIV? What does the NIV say? Mindset. New King James says he was a spectacular man. I'm just wondering what what some of the other translations. What does yours say? That's what the NIV says. Okay, so a valiant fighter, uh, and so. Uh, but I really want to know what the King Jimmy says. But uh, uh, you know, we don't know because Mike didn't bring his King James. He needs to be rebuked for that. But um, uh, anyway. Uh, so he was a spectacular man, and so and and and, and now here's a here's an important point. You you may say, well, I I I'm not a mighty man, and I, or I'm not a mighty woman, uh, but guess what? That's not what's required to be one of these folks. It, it, it's not being being mighty. It's not talking about being spectacular. The mighty people here were mighty in heart, mighty in 
dependability, mighty, and availability. That is what... They weren't spectacular. No, the enemy was spectacular, and the enemy was, was killed, was overtaken. In this context, mighty means two things, availability and dependability. You know, a, a, a wise man once said, dependability is the greatest ability. And that's true. Dependability is the greatest ability. Uh, not ability, but availability and dependability. And sometimes, you know, the most important thing to do is just to show up. That's it. How many battles have been lost just because a Christian just refused to show up, even one? And, and here we see, even when one shows up, there can be just a tremendous victory. Uh, and, and, and so, uh, what, a, what, a great, um, and what a great chapter is, what a relevant chapter is. Now, interesting thing, the, the last mighty man who is mentioned here, Uriah the Hittite, wow. You know, Uriah the Hittite, this is, this is the guy that David had put to death because he had gotten his, Uriah's wife pregnant. Really, uh, uh, really is a sobering thought when you think about it and about the gravity of David's sin. I mean, he was willing to knock off one of his own mighty men. And, and that just should be a message to all of us of the extent that sin is willing to take us, the place that sin is willing to take us if, if we let it, if we allow it, if we, even, if we give it any kind of foothold in our life. And so how important is true that, that if our right hand is causing us to, to, to sin, cut it off. If our, Jesus says, if our eye is causing us to sin, pluck it out. Obviously, he's not talking literally. Otherwise, he, he would say, pluck out both eyes. What he's talking about is, is we have to be just so incredibly um, vigilant when it comes to uh, battling uh, sin in our own life. So, so here you see Uriah. But all these men uh, were, were such, uh, so important in, in doing what uh, the Lord was having them, them do. And, and you know, it is interesting, by the way, that, that uh, these people are given credit. It's not unspiritual for someone to give someone else credit publicly. And the Bible says, it's true, Jesus says, let your right hand not know what your left hand is doing, but there's not a problem at all if someone else wants to use you as an example of what a mighty man is. Uh, Paul did that with men and women at the end of his letters. You'll notice that. Give credit where credit is due is a biblical principle. Uh, you know, it's always difficult getting credit for something publicly because, you know, our pride can come in and, 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 and really become an issue. But here, you know, here are these people... Uh, they, they, um, they're being lifted up here as, as, as people and examples in our life. And it's so, so wonderful to have men and women who are examples who we can look to. Of course, our main example is Christ. But it's great to look at people who followed Christ and say, wow, you know, they followed him. I can too. And Paul says, imitate me. Wow, that's a pretty amazing statement. He says, imitate me. Uh, and, and, and so I'm glad he said that because I, I like to look at his life and go, you know, I do want to imitate him. And so we should be imitating these, these mighty men. These are uh, no man, no woman uh, who God has ever used has, uh, to do a work for him, has ever done it 
without uh, other men and women, many, many of them, uh, surrounding him or her. And so, uh, wonderful chapter, uh, chapter 23, and we're going to close it out next week uh, with uh, chapter 24. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much uh, for this time together and how everyone in here, Lord, I just know it, that everyone in here wants to be a mighty man or mighty woman. and we, They want to be down in the galley doing your work, uh, getting those rewards which, uh, Lord God, are, are going to be uh, sort of that worship that we're going to be, that the, the reward of worship in heaven for eternity, Lord, and, and the reward of worship here, Lord. And, and Father, I just, we need your grace, Lord, because we're flawed, uh, just like um, Abishai. We, we have flaws in our character, Lord, that we want uh, you to deal with. We have flaws just in our walk that we need you to deal with. We need your grace, Lord, uh, to be the mighty men, the mighty women. Lord, we feel weak. We are weak. Lord, we are miserable weak. Uh, but we know that your word says, and we trust in it, that you are strongest when we are weak. And so, Lord, we ask for that grace to be mighty men and women. We pray, Father, that you would do just a great work in our church, Lord God, even as we are just uh, looking to your hand uh, to, to, to do a work through and in us, just like these mighty men in Israel. Lord, we thank you, and we love you, and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, uh, for anyone who wants to stick around and pray um, in 15 minutes, uh, why don't we pray for the Jews for Jesus t- tonight? We support the Jews for Jesus. And so uh, let's remember them. Uh, why don't we also... Uh